This episode is supported by Enscape, empowering your design workflow by turning your BIM model into an immersive 3D experience. Do it. So I guess the other day I reached out to you and said, you know, hey, uh, do you want to listen to a free lecture from architecture lecture? What's that? I know, right? Gosh, it's been a long time. You know, and I'm glad that they're doing them again. And I know that it was still a virtual one. And so to me, it's always still, especially if like ones that are architects or work or mission is something that speaks to me. It's always like really something kind of awesome to watch, listen to and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it was funny. So what we're talking about, what I'm rambling on about is the other day <laughs> Get to the point, yeah, the other, <laughs> the other day I had seen that the New York architectural society league league, sorry, the New York architectural league has a lecture series, which, you know, they've, they've never disappointed. And, and I've been to a couple of them. I think we you know went and watched Marlon Blackwell and a couple of other ones through there. And they're again always kind of fantastic, and and so I saw one coming up that was about the rural studio and about um, sustainable and affordable housing, which to me, just to see the evolution of the rural studio or just anything on the rural studio, of course, I'm going to run to watch and and listen in, and so uh, you know, I sent it off to you. <laughs> I sent it off to a couple of other people, and you had, had uh, noted that. I had, people were like, hello from Saskatchewan. Cormac Phelan here from <laughs> Huntington Beach, California. And so it was just like, yeah. And so people were like, people who were following the link that I sent them were saying, greetings from Huntington Beach or it like, there's they're like somebody, up in the, yeah, yeah, there's popping like somebody up in the chat. Cormac Phelan's all across the country watching this thing, you know, greetings from Baltimore. And they're like, yeah, I'm not any of those places. I'm right here in good old Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> That is a cool thing about these kinds of lectures too, is that uh, people do just chime in in the chat to say hello. Like I was just on a AIA technology and architectural practice thing. I think we talked about it a little bit on this, but it, it, that is one nice thing is like when people are arriving, they're genuinely just like, there's some cool little greetings that happen. And I, I appreciate that because we aren't in real, real place, real people, real place. We're in virtual space space. So it's a, uh, it's nice to see that happen. People aren't just totally like hiding behind their computer. And it also, it, you know, in a way it's also letting you know that there are actual people out there listening to you and it's not, you're just like, <laughs> am I yeah. just speaking to myself in a screen and hopefully somebody's listening? Well, it's funny because on, if you're like a panelist, if you're on the, on the presentation side of it, you just see a number of people until somebody asks a question. So it's just, oh yeah, there are 100 people here. It's like, okay, that you're just, you're just numbers to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so the good interaction is cool. No, you, yeah. you had mentioned when we were chatting and even after we had chatted and stuff, you had, had mentioned. So the, the lecture was specifically about, and if I can remember what the name of it was. So it was called the rural studio, the challenges of sustainable rural living. 
and it was uh, presented by Andrew Freer and Rusty Smith, who are both longtime professors there, um, director and uh, professors. And it's so interesting because, you know, I, I, I knew both of them early in their career. You know, both of them arrived at Auburn when on my, you know, second return to being a student. And it's so funny to see Andrew. I, I had made note that in like the first, I don't know, maybe three, four sentences, Andrew, a, a Brit, had said y'all so many times <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and, and i remember so like his first semester teaching at auburn was on main campus and here's a guy who it made a good connection with him he's a he's a good professor you know good architect turned into a great professor and you know here he's you know, he's, he's coming from, you know, he's from London, then he moved to Chicago. And so he was this very, ur- he's a city boy. He was a city boy. He was such an urbanite, <laughs> you know, he, I, I won't say that he kind of like looked down at like being a professor at a, you know, kind of like a, an Alabama college, but it was definitely out of his element of the time. Fish out of water. Yeah. And, and it was, and it's so funny to see him now because though his accent is different from like the accent of, of other people who live in Hale County, it, it's still, he's, he's a rural boy now, (laughs) you know, he's, he definitely has embraced the life of being a architectural professor in a rural setting for people who want to do good in the world of architecture. And it's just so amazing to kind of like see his, his transition because he was even commenting about, you know, it's like, oh, I hate Zoom. And, you know, and he was just like fumbling around in the technology and stuff like that. And I'm like, has, I hope you all can hear me. Or yeah, something it's just like, like, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> has he really become that much of a Luddite from like this, uh-huh. this kind of like prim, proper urban architect to like this damn city folk making me get on this damn contraption? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Is this like on? You know, it was just like, wow, Andrew, like the evolution of, of not only him as an architect, but him as a human. It's just interesting to see from a perspective of somebody who saw him when there was no gray hair, when, you know, there were no like bags under his eyes. There, there were no, it was just this, you know, is this a good transformation oh, or a bad no, one? No, it's, it's, it's not even, it's not good, <laughs> bad or indifferent. It's just, you know, just, it's, it's somebody who lives and loves what he does and, the mileage shows a little bit, but you know, it's still just, it's, it's, it's very much his, to me, his transformation reminds me of the rural studios transformation. People were going out to the rural studio, not only as a chance to kind of like be a kind of like designer builder, you know, swinging the hammer, helping like really doing kind of like good social work on a single house scale. And that's what it was early on as we were doing, you know, this studio was doing work for individual families, doing single family housing and the, the evolution of the studio to providing like now housing, you know, working on and helping solve community projects and problems, you know, seeing that what was interesting about this particular seminar was is that they were talking about how people even 
you know, it didn't even matter like how much the house cost, you know, that they, they started going into the 20 K houses and talking about all of these different, the solutions that they've been developing and working with other universities to kind of help develop these, these solutions for affordable housing. And, and then Rusty, Rusty Smith, you know, he had started talking about how one of the biggest challenges was people getting mortgages for even the smallest of monetary figures because of all of the social services that didn't exist. And so they were helping, they were trying to help solve one problem, but then another problem, you know, arose by saying, okay, this is all great, but these people can't get finance for this home because they don't have fire service. And so then they turn to the studio, they turn to the the students, uh, they turn to Andrew and Rusty and basically said, you know, hey, you've been helping us solve this one challenge. Here's this other challenge that we have. And and so there's this symbiotic relationship between, you know, the the mission that it was, the mission that it wants to be. And then like, how, how do you want to, you know, how do you mesh that all together with like these social services? And it was like, talking about this 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 balance between like you know equitable housing and social services and and how how this studio can help enact change for for the for the community and it was just so every time i see andrew get grayer and grayer yeah i don't think he's any i think he's like my age might be a little bit older than me not by much and you know it's it's just so funny to like when I met him in my late twenties, you know, I, I met him in my late twenties and here I am about to hit 52 and to just see that evolution, the mileage on him, but the transformation professionally reflects the transformation of that studio in all of the great work that they've done out there and all the great work that he and Rusty have done out there to, to like really advance this, to not just be, you know, there was a time when, you know, people were just going out there because it was a, it was a change. Then there were people who were going out there because it was a resume builder kind of thing. It, but every time somebody goes out there thinking about like, you know, Ooh, this is going to be really cool. You know, there's, there's an altruistic, there's kind of the slightly selfish. Anytime anybody goes out there, regardless of what their motives were, when they went out there, they will change and they will become better and they will become more in tune with and and that's sort of how he beat you know the changes that i see in andrew just you know from this this one lecture that we sat through but it's also it's kind of like this testament of just like everybody goes in with some kind of like preconceived notion but then when you go through it when you live through the experience and this is kind of could be general it could be specific to the rural studio you come out of it because you've lived it, you've come, you come out of it different. I, I, it, this is a lot like community service <laughs> on many levels or, or mission trips for church youth groups and everybody goes. And I think architecture doesn't necessarily fall into this category so cleanly. I think what we're talking about here is a, the anomaly because I think architects generally do go in to change things, but not be changed. Right. And I think it might happen on small ways on projects when you're working with particular clients or groups. But in this, especially over 30 years right, that you're talking about with Andrew at in 
Dale County. And just thinking about, you can see how much it has changed him rather than the other way around, him changing it. I mean, it is both. It is a, a symbiotic relationship and outcome, but it you can really see it. And I think, you know, when I think about his demeanor when he's presenting, and, I, and we should say, we'll put a link to the YouTube video in the show notes so that everybody can can watch it. And I, I think you'll get a lot out of it if you do. So I recommend it. But he he's just kind of laid back. He, he read the whole thing, he, like it was prepared ahead of time. And I, it, to me, it looked like, like, this is the best I can do right now <laughs> on many levels, which I think we can all, like, I... Doesn't that somewhat reflect, like, the times we're living in right now? Is I that- totally think it does. And I also think it, you know, when I, he, the way he started off the presentation, and he's, he's living there, I'm sure, a lot of the time. And he talked about just kind of setting the the tone of what it's like to live in that area what rural means and he's he kind of states all that all the statistics up front in the presentation and when he's talking like you mentioned earlier when he's like is, is this thing on right like he, he said he has satellite internet service that is 1141 percent slower than the national average and that it's like how can we expect you know equity in the world when when clearly there is no equity for even access to information and resources and and I, the way that i the way that he was coming across which it's like is this thing on because it actually just never works right <laughs> yeah yeah and that's his reality but he he reminded me so much of my grandfather who was a geologist in death valley and like at the top of his field but also just super real and like this dirty, dirty dude who just does the work. And and I, I love that. I think it's super authentic. And he reminded me of like Steve Bedanes when I met with him when I was just out of college and the stuff that the Jersey Devils were doing, like it's design build. Like you, you get out there and you swing the hammer and you pour the concrete and you teach people how to do that so that they can teach other people how to do that and they can have a hand in the process and ownership and all of those things and make a real difference by through understanding, like learning by doing at the most, you know, basic level. But I just felt like they they, they talked a little bit about rural studio perhaps being misnamed or something at the beginning. I can't remember the actual words uh, that he said. Do you remember? Yeah. Um. I remember it was something I remember, but I don't remember exactly what they were. Yeah. I mean, but I was just thinking, man, it, it's real studio. Like yeah. it's. Yeah. Cause I, they, they were talking about the difference between rural and urban and, you know, shifting project types. And they felt like they kind of boxed them in or something like that, but it was, they're very real. Like, and that's what I appreciate the most about it. And every time I do see something coming out of this crew, this group, the school, I always feel like, they're doing the real work. They're doing something that I wish more architects would get involved in. They actually are changing the world and they're not just going from one elite client to the next, right? (laughs) In fact, exactly the opposite. They're going to people who, you know, not only would they ever imagine having anything designed by an architect. And and that's why there's a, a quote from the citizen architect movie and I'm going to butcher it, but you know, it's where uh, Jay Sanders is sitting there and he's talking to someone and 
this guy, I think it's Peanut, and he's talking to Peanut and he's like, you know, you guys aren't out, you know, you guys aren't out here to help us. You know, you guys are out here to learn, right. you know, so that you can, you know, basically go and work for these elite clients and stuff. And what's interesting about that in, you know, and, and so like later on in the movie, you even see the, this transformation of Peanut's impression of the students because of, you know, because, you know, he's now been immersed in the rural studio and he now sees that it's out there to do good. It's out there to, to really make a difference to people who would otherwise never have access to an architect. And, and so it, that's why I always like flock to try to get to these lectures or these movies or just, you know, like keeping in touch with what's going on in the rural studio, just to really kind of like see how the architects that are being created at the rural studio in places like this, because there are other places that are popping up, um, you know, throughout that are doing these kind of like design build more mission driven type studios and and so it's just it's kind of great in and, and, and funny enough there's a lot of either people who had rural studio envy and that's that's a harsh way of explaining it and I, and I apologize to all of those people that I may have trivialized it that way but or they were part of the rural studio that branched out and went to other places and got involved mm-hmm. with it the, and yeah that mission you know, got bigger and, right? and so the mission got bigger to not just be a conscious architect when you're out in the profession because you know one that is a hope as well but also you know how can you continue to keep creating this more citizen architect and and, and, and so that's that's one of the great things about like just listening to this one yeah. it shows it reminds me of why And there's lots of reasons why people get into architecture. And I don't want to make it sound like the reason why I got in is, is the same as anybody else actually. But when I watch these types of lectures, it reminds me why I got into the profession of architecture. And that's when I go away from it feeling like it's just, it's good to be reminded. And it's also bad to be reminded (laughs) because it's like, well, what am I actually accomplishing? What am I actually doing? Because I do see this body of work and the change that it has created and the way it's affected people so positively. And I know there's elements of that in my work and in what I do. I just, for some reason, it just seems different when I see these presentations. You know, it's, it's, it's so funny that you say that. I was doing a little bit of like just self-examination, um, kind of po- right. post that. And then just in general, you know, people do. Um, and And so I was thinking about like the project that I'm working on now versus the projects that are being done at the rural studio and places like that. And it couldn't be further from that. Yeah. Mission. They're super divergent. Yeah. You know, in, in just the, the fact that doing something in all, albeit educationally based in that education, this particular facility has a specific mission and, the mission itself is something that I can kind of like get behind, but then you have like people throwing money after money to do all these big, massive developments and things like that. And you're just like, and then you look at, you know, the mission of the rural studio of doing things specifically what that lecture was about is talking about these, these 20 K houses, which 20 K houses means 20 houses that are designed and built for $20,000. 
And I know that a lot of people are just like, how is that you know, even possible? Well, most of it is volunteered labor, volunteered materials. And in, in what's interesting about just that in its own right is just the fact that you know, there are people out there that just want to do good work and they'll volunteer their time. And so to be able to make it a $20,000 home, they'll, they'll do things like that. You know, but then you've got these other spectrums of of like this, and I was just like kind of lamenting over like, I guess um, I left like doing K through twelve, which which I always thought was, you know, really for me enriching because I see firsthand how it the the K through twelve design work really does kind of affect like so many people through so many different generations of being able to design well done educational facilities so that people can kind of like grow, you know, not only be a part of the community, but also help kind of like foster, you know, these, this, this great place of learning, you know, not only just for the kids, but also for the teachers and staff that are, you know, that occupy these places. And funny, I was like, well, you know, am I really doing the same kind of like mission driven? And I was like, wait, I actually sort of am, you know, I I thought I was just like, you know, going to be when I said, you know, I was lamenting over like leaving that side of things and going to more higher ed where they do spend more money, but there is still this mission driven kind of thing. And so I've always been drawn to mission driven architecture. And, you know, though it seems like it's a a world away from kind of like the teachings of the rural studio, it it really isn't because, you know, there's Hmm. people still go into these type of things with kind of like this conscientious, just kind of like this this kind of like love and desire to actually make like you know these educational spaces you know like Mm -hmm. awesome you know i guess or Mm -hmm. you know what i'm getting at but maybe yeah yeah well no yeah i I do i see what you're drawing drawing out of that it's definitely you you do have to look for that kind of stuff to remind yourself i i I guess what i was saying is that i worry that i leave you know things like that behind and and then, you know, you sit that back and you kind of like assess or realize that, no, nah, you really haven't, mm-hmm. you know, it may be completely different, but, you know, there is still this kind of like nature of citizen architecture, citizenry or anyway, <laughs> <laughs> architectural, how about this architectural citizenry? Is that a little bit better? Citizenship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Citizenry. <laughs> Let's take a moment and talk about the sponsor of this episode. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real-time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Your buildings can be experienced long before they are built. More than 200,000 unique monthly users from over 150 countries use Enscape to envision better designs. To learn more or to sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak today. That's Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak. You and I, we, we talk about this. Every time we attend some form of some some form of lecture, whether it's in person or these virtual ones, when it relates to the uh, rural studio, we always leave with this sense of kind of like longing for projects that they do you know similar projects that they do but it's interesting because we've done we do those projects we've done those projects we all all of our projects in some way shape or form really do kind of like that 
Yeah. You know? It's interesting to think about the people who are actually being affected by it. Yeah. And the meaning that can be drawn out of that, for sure. I think one of the interesting things about the presentation is he kind of went through the history of projects, not not fully encompassed, but but projects that they have done over the years, and then kind of handed the presentation over to Rusty, who then, for the second half of the presentation, really did talk about the 20K house and the variations on it and the partnerships that they've created for the R&D. I mean, it really was about like the partnership network that they've created and how important that was to do what they're doing to achieve that that mission of scale, right? Like this is interesting, right? Because it, it goes from one project at a time to now trying to affect this at a larger scale. I mean, and I guess that kind of ties back to where Andrew started the presentation talking about how, you know, rural is staying rural. It is It's interesting to watch population growth in urban areas, but but stay like completely flat in rural areas. Um, and just how the lack of resources doesn't help it get anywhere. Um, if that's a goal and I kind of think it is like, that's what they see. They see it as a goal of kind of raising the, the bar and raising the helping the people who need it the most kind of a thing. And it's really interesting to see how technology and partnerships and scale play back into this rural setting. And, I, th- I thought about MDC, you know, I thought about going to Monterey Design Conference, which is like the exact opposite of all of this, right? It's about the, for the most part, it's very kind of high dollar per square foot elite uh, presentation projects types that really do inspire architects in a very different way. And it just made me think, like, this is a better topic for MDC, or this would be a great topic, not maybe better, but just a great topic to kind of bring balance to the practice of architecture. Because at some point, I do think this profession's got to get out of just the the elite side of things. And, and I mean, Rural Studios doing that, and I'm not trying to say everybody in architecture is on the elite side of things, but but the majority of it is. And it it does seem to me that projects for the ultra rich are just they are inspiring, but they're not making a big difference in the way that I think a lot of people think that architecture can do when they enter into school and they enter into the profession. You know, it's interesting is actually when you make that correlation with MDC and the rural studio, I mean how divergent I remember you and I at that the mdc and Mm -hmm. and i can't remember the specific architect but they were talking about this like this toilet this kind of like oh that's right and and i was going through this particular one and they were talking about (laughs) like these public toilets and all this other stuff and they almost like you know they created almost like high design in a very rural setting for toilets you know for public toilets in a public park setting but it was void of the same kind of pretense that the other one was, you know, kind of, <laughs> yeah, geez. you know, I say kind of in air quotes, it, right. Cause like it was a toilet in a glass box in a garden surrounded by this organic wall. It was just like yeah. the, yeah, but, but, <laughs> Talk about a different but, experience. Just, but, but both of them were created for these kind of, you know, like, 
that was a great presentation. I remember that it, it was, and and I loved it. And I and and actually, um, God, I wish I could remember who gave the presentation. Um, we probably covered it in a past episode. We, we, if, we, if I find it, I'll put a link. Yeah, to it. we we probably did. But you know, but again, what was interesting about it though is just like you know, here are two different responses for the same the same function? mission, same function, um, <laughs> yeah. but in two completely different manners. And one is so very kind of like public access, you know, mm-hmm. and then one is like very super uh, private, super private, the previous private. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't even think of that. Wow. What a range. What a range. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, you know, what is interesting about it is, is that, you know, of the range of the projects that they have, you know, they've done a a park that's got baseball fields and everything else because it was, I mean, think about all of these different communities. Uh, Like, to me, you know, I was looking at it as I was, I was kind of like, as, as the conversation was going on and Andrew was talking about like, you know, rural versus urban and there's a lot of draw to urban and there's a lot of draw to kind of like these more rural areas and stuff, you know, and, and one of the worries that people have, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, criticisms, like, Oh, you know, you're just going to change the nature of country rural living, you know, with all of these kind of like crazy architectural ideas and all of this other stuff. And, and they haven't, they, they do come up with these crazy architectural ideas. They try to like integrate it into the fabric of rural living and nothing really changes about the rural living other than the facilities that were there that went away are now back. And so now there's an enrichment of, of services, but there isn't a change in the way that they live just because they now have a fire station or just now they have a YMCA other than the fact that, you know, now kids have a place to go that's covered and sheltered and protected and, you know, they can go and play at the YMCA or at the baseball fields or, you know, this nature park or the zoo or all of these things that they've been able to to bring to them that, again, starts talking about that social equality that, like, urban areas have, you know. And, it, you know, if you think about it, going all the way back to, you know, his comment about Internet equality or, or, or sorry, it was, it, was, it was kind of, he was talking about his Internet but he was talking about access, you know, equality, access equality and access to resources. As much as you could, you can, again, draw that parallel of Andrew's internet to the rural studio and its effects on that city, because now that city, that town, that, that county, and now 25 miles outside of that, of, you know, the, the center point of um, the rural studio, they're enacting this you know, access to resources, access to equality through just these, these now community-based projects that they're doing, which is. Oh, yeah. Architectural kind of interventions to, to make that possible. Right. Because right. people have, we started the, the lecture off talking about how, like, basically if a hundred and some odd people live there, you know, why would the, the, the city, the county, the state, the federal government spend money on a place that has just over a hundred people living there. So few when, yeah. you know, they've got people, towns of a hundred thousand, a couple million that, you know, need those services. And so they, they go where the people are. Mm-hmm. And so they leave people like rural communities behind and to be able to have places like this, 
be able to kind of like create these, if you, we want to call them interventions. Yeah. I mean, but they're just, <laughs> they're just, the, there's tons of opportunity yeah. there, right. For, for anybody who's willing to raise their hand and say, I'll do that. Yeah. Cause it isn't going to get you any, any glory <laughs> to do it, right. You have to do it for the right reasons, but, but those opportunities are there. I think that's one of the things that I think Rusty kind of ended the presentation with, you know, through the prompting of, shoot, who was moderating it again? I, I had her name uh, in, in the top of my head and, and then it was gone. Yeah, Julie. Yeah. So sh- she asked if, I can't remember what she actually asked. I think it was just kind of like final thoughts. But I think one of the things that, that Rusty said was, wherever you find yourself, there is a lifetime of work to be done and do the work. That's interesting, right? I think one of the things that in we see, I see in our profession is everybody who I've kind of identified with, I think on the technology side at least, is is very much hungry for more and not satisfied with where we are, knowing that we can be doing so much better. And I, that's a, absolutely true. And we also see, you know, people moving around from firm to firm, curating their portfolios and bigger and better projects and air quotes, because, you know, I think it kind of gets back to the elite commentary, which is just like, yeah, they look great in your portfolio. And then it's just like, what's next? And your eyes get bigger and you want more and you want to work on a better project for, I don't know what better means in this context, but it's amazing to think that like how much how much opportunity there is out there and I think this is what I this is the feeling I go away from a lecture like this or watching Citizen Architect or you know we've had this conversation previously with a guest on the show about Rural Studio and it's just there is meaningful opportunity to change people's lives for the better with what you already know and wherever you find yourself, there is a lifetime of work right there to be done. And it's just like, can we be content enough to do that? Because I think we're fighting that side of things for more all the time, for bigger, for better. And again, like those weird words to use, but like everybody that we live in a consumer based society (laughs) and consumption of more and quote unquote better and needing new things and all of that is very real. I mean, that is, that is basic human nature. It seems like, Um, and the opposite is kind of having the contentment of realizing that there's a lifetime of work to be done in the smallest places that need it the most, but, but still being kind of content enough to sit there and do it and to put the time in. Yeah. I, I I don't even know where to go from there because I don't know where to go from there either, because I think that's where like that self-reflection really came in for me. It's like if I saw a billboard, you know, that said, wherever you find yourself, there's a lifetime of work to be done. Do the work like that. I would hope would get some eyeballs on it, but I kind of fear that it wouldn't. And I think, you know, that isn't, it's a strong message for him to send at the end of this, at the end of this video or this presentation, the lecture I just wonder if it anybody's going to take him up on it. It makes me kind of I like I I kind of don't think so. Right? <laughs> I just kind of think like the people who uh, maybe I'm just selling selling 
society short here or architecture as a profession short here. I don't know, but I do feel like that is not the view that the majority will take. Well, it is, it is hard not to be skeptical and cynical of the mission because, you know, people, I mean, if you think about it, like the, the time that it's taken the people of Hale County to stop being skeptical of the rural studio wasn't yeah right a few like you mean like their intentions basically right, right. It's just, ugh, what are these kids doing here you know what you know what possible why is a school you know, why is a school here to take advantage of us yeah. exactly and that was the mentality or the the perception that peanut had in citizen architect exactly and it, and it totally took decades really for them to it one it, project at a time yeah right? it, it wasn't that you know it's just like just like, you know, Peanut, just like Andrew, just like all of the people who are involved with the rural studio on long term, you know, it takes a while for mm-hmm. that that essence to kind of like rub off on you. And, well, and I and, think that's that's kind of what I'm getting to, though, is that it takes time and people aren't willing to spend it. Right. Right. Or to experience it. I, you don't really spend the time, I guess, but it's you know what I mean, right? It's it's being content and and being okay with things taking time. And I I do see a huge amount of pressure. And I guess it's just the way our profession is built from moving from one project to the next and feeding the machine and churning out work so that we can just do more work. It, it doesn't speak to the contentment side and, and, and spending. I mean, our profession is built on spending as little time on things as possible. And what we're talking about here is affecting a community over decades. <laughs> and the more time they spend there, the better it gets. Uh, it's just interesting how like uh, capitalism rewards in air quotes, the, you know, performance. It's just do less for, for more money. Well, so, you know, back to this kind of like parting words of Rusty's and that, that kind of like, I guess, almost in intuitive um, skepticism or inherited mm-hmm. inherent skepticism. You know, you hear that, you know, sure kind of thing, like, okay, whatever. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, we're to your last comment about capitalism rewarding, whatever it, it, you know, it, it seems to like, you know, reward the people who are kind of like quick on it. Efficiency, productivity, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Fast movers, rather than the slow moving, slow kind of like, you know, let's let's do this right. Let's you know, methodical. It, like yeah. towns don't like if you think if you think about it, some of the most successful towns that you've ever visited are things that have taken so much time to develop and grow and become a community. It was it didn't just happen overnight. So yeah. like the biggest skepticism of like all of these plant communities, these plant communities that pop up just like that. That <laughs> it those, reminds me of Arrested Development's yeah. name of their housing tract, right? It was Sudden Valley. <laughs> you know, and, and so you're you're that kind of like thought of capitalism is that kind of like happen overnight kind of thing. It's if it doesn't happen overnight, then you're not a success in right. capitalism you know, right. big air quotes there kind of thing versus the, the slow burning. So when you go back to that comment about there's a lifetime of work there, you know, kind of comment, it, it's because it takes a lifetime to enact real honest to goodness change, real honest to goodness connection. It's like patience, right? 
<laughs> it takes it takes patience. I mean, when you say it takes a lifetime, who wants to sign up for that? I don't know, man. That's that's a lot, big commitment. Well, so <laughs> so it was I don't necessarily think they planned it out like that ahead of time. Maybe they maybe they thought about that, but I don't know. I wonder. I don't know where we end this now. How long has it been since you've actually bought a book? Like an architectural book? Oh, a while. So I, so I just, <laughs> after that lecture, I happened to just be perusing, I don't know what it was, but there was this, when you start looking at one thing, it leads to another, and then you start getting these pop-up ads. And... <laughs> Now you're targeted. I see. And, and so now I'm targeted. And yeah. it popped up with, um, from, you know, Tashin Books, Small Architecture. And beautiful book, actually quite inexpensive. But I mean, it's just a snapshot of like tons of different designers, you know, in like the the small foot, you know, these, these projects that have a small footprint that have a major impact, you know, mo- mostly Big design. design Big, in a small package. Exactly. But, but you, but, you know, I think about like the work that they, you know, do there and like the work that's being done at the rural studio, you know, think about some of my more favorite architects that are, you know, doing, you know, like community-based work and things like that, that they, they're all doing them, you know, they're doing these like (laughs) big statement, you know, pieces on a very, very small scale. And it just, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I remember, <laughs> I remember like the very first project and I, and I, I've talked about this before, like eons ago, but my first project was a 20 by 20 maintenance shed in St. Petersburg, Florida. That was right next to this historic, you know, beautiful historic hotel. And though I wasn't intending to like, you know, make it match, I just wanted it to make it feel like it belonged there. Because it was, you know, was it? It was at a park right across the street from this beautiful hotel. If anybody wants to look up the Vinoy Hotel in Saint Petersburg, uh, that's the the hotel, and it's just this beautiful uh, Mediterranean revival, you know, just gorgeous pink hotel. And you know, I did this like little thing right next to it, and it, it was just funny. It's like it, what it was is it was just it was a maintenance shed for the community park right next to this. It was, it was baseball fields. It had, you know, dog parks. It was like the local swimming pool. You know, it was, it was, it was like a small and simple, but, you know, it was just trying to do, you know, big architecture in a little small package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you successful with that? I, I felt like for somebody who basically just graduated college and has had very little experience, it was pretty successful. And funny enough, it's still there. A real project. It was a real yeah. project and it's still there. And it's, it looks like they changed the, the, the roof out, um, was probably the only like change that has happened over, uh, 22 years, 21, 22 years since it was, the project was done. And, um, but it was like the, you know, you always remember that first project, but you know, in this particular case, it was one of those projects that like, you know, it was, it was weirdly community based, but, you know, I was trying to do high design. And, you know, on a uh, small budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need more of that. I mean, that, that to me is what this kind of, there's so much opportunity out there to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have to want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to Enscape for their support of this episode. 
Visit Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak today for a free 14-day trial. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.